0: everything you see and touch whether that's the car the lamppost the the laptop every single thing was already here on Earth has always been here on Earth there's very few things that have come from outer space that have, well, it's just a different form it, you know we've dug into the ground we've pulled things up we've pulled out old dinosaurs and we've made it into oil or like all of these things or they, the 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 earth has made it into oil were already there they're just converted into it's just one thing.
1: Welcome to the Mindful Paths Podcast with Nick Day and Harry Kalimnios, where we explore the fascinating world of mindset, mindfulness, fitness, well-being, vitality, leadership, and of course, personal development.
0: Our goal is to provide you with insights to help you live a more fulfilling, happier, and healthier life.
1: So if you're striving to be a better parent, friend, leader, colleague, or boss, or if you simply want to be more mindful and aware of the world around you, then this Mindful Paths Podcast is going to be for you.
0: We invite you to eavesdrop on our conversations and we challenge you to discover a new insight to help you on your own journey towards personal growth and positive change. So sit back, relax, and let's begin our journey together
1: on the Mindful Past podcast.
0: Hello, buddy. How are you doing? Good evening, Nick. Yeah, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm
1: very good. I'm glad you could finally join me after I've just established for those listening that Harry was waiting on another link, and I thought, finally. I'm the one that's early and Harry's yeah. the one that's late but lo and behold you were there just on the wrong link allegedly
0: okay. anyway yeah. you, allegedly allegedly uh yeah yeah no it's good it's good to be here nice to chat it's always a bit of a hectic one sometimes when I have this mentoring group uh which I had at six o'clock and so we were we were doing that from six till seven and then I was frantically trying to make some food and um and then get on get on call so I was already said to you are oh, 10 minutes late and you were like perfect but then ended up being I was 15 minutes late so no
1: rest for the wicked mate is what it is you're a busy man so it should be you talking about entrepreneurialism all the things you're doing rather than
0: uh oh I don't think I'm as busy as you mister um <laughs> I don't think I'm as busy as you in fact actually um I'm I, I started to book a, a, a holiday today for the first time uh okay. well um I'm gonna go to Lesvos which is a Greek island and um I'm going on this thing I don't know if you've heard this a brand my friend put me in touch with it uh called mark warner you probably quite like it mark warner they're similar to like nielsen stuff but their activity so you you, they're all in so flights accommodation food but then all the activities as well so they have like daily classes like three four times a day like i'm going to take my uh my road bike shoes out there because they've got like road bikes they've got mountain bikes they've got sailing windsurfing so it's all it's all part and parcel of it so he's quite active sorry and when, when do you go? Uh, Wednesday. So I only booked it today. Oh, wow. I, okay. Wait, I, nice. I, yeah, I, I called him last week and they said, "Oh, if you wait till Monday, you might get even more of a discount. Wasn't much off. But um, yeah, so I'm going just for a week because I've got time off anyway. Uh, so I'm going for a week and then I'll probably stop by Brighton for a few days on the way back. But I'm looking forward to just going and I wanted to go and do a bit of focus of exercise. I The other option was Cyprus because my folks are going there now, but I didn't really want to do that. Um, my, my
1: brother's just about from uh, is it Thessalonica or somewhere like that, that. Thessalonica. Amazing.
0: Thessalonica. So, yeah
1: that's right that's right he said it was um like an undiscovered place he highly recommended it it's kind of he said it'd be perfect for staggers if you wanted to go loads of bars but no staggers do so it's kind of undiscovered oh, really In fact, really I mean, nice no, I, those are really nice bars good food I've not been myself obviously. I'm
0: pretty sure that's where we would pass you know for years I've been saying we should do an Istanbul to Athens yeah. ride, which would take about nine days so we'd have to do one day mate, one day well, Th- Thessaloniki is where we go
1: through. Maybe when we get this uh, this this podcast up and running with certain like, huge listeners, we can put a little GoFundMe page and they can fund our trip across across Turkey and Greece. Absolutely. I've actually it. got um, Iron Man Stafford on Sunday, uh, no. which I thought was the next, not this weekend, but the weekend after, and I suddenly discovered that it's this weekend. So I was a bit of a shock to the system. That's my bad preparation, but um, it hasn't been in my mind because I've been injured and I haven't done anything yeah, to say, how's the
0: uh, how's the quad?
1: Quads all right, but I've, I've done an injury. I haven't mentioned it on the show, but I've done another injury to my hip, like hip flexor, which is, I haven't ran for four weeks. I've done one run in four weeks and yeah. I've done no swimming for those that, that track what I'm doing on Strava for four weeks. I've been on the, on the turbo, but I haven't even, I haven't cycled the distance I'm doing in, on um, Sunday for eight months. So it's going to be the first race where I'm really under prepared and it's like, I haven't even looked at the race info. Uh but it's made me that's kind of uh, enjoying the setup now. Like there's no pressure to perform because yeah. there's no way that I physically can. I'm just not in shape for it. Yeah, uh, I did it last year. There's literally zero chance. there's no ego talking here. There is genuinely zero chance of me getting anywhere near the time I got last year. So um we're gonna make a family day out. Family comes full, full,
0: full iron man, is it? No, it's, or... a, half. it's a half. I think oh,
1: wait, last year it was 447. So this year I've been probably five, five, five fifteen. If I get under five, I'll be delighted. I think I'll skip a push. It means we will be done by, what, 4 to 1, have a nice lunch in Stafford, a little one around town, and it should be a, should be a good weekend. Uh,
0: fair play, mate, fair play. Um, but um, what, what we're going to talk about today, I think we talked about it a bit last last week. Um, well, not last week, off-air last week, or la- when we when we last week. Um, and you want to talk about it, and I, I think it's quite an interesting topic, and, and we're talking about connection. But... Social
1: connection in particular, right? Just to make well, that clear, the idea of being connected to others and how it can impact our well-being and
0: yeah time. I mean or not. that's
1: what I was taking you know. yeah
0: so when you're when you were talking about connection um and this is what I was going to say maybe not necessarily social connection and we can talk about that but more connectedness but, uh, I think
1: they probably are both connected right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine that's cool. so I'm we're gonna, always going uh, to take a different angle on it aren't we So that's I'm,
0: I'm going to go from a more esoteric point of view Uh, And that's where I was going with some of my brushing up on my research sort of thing. But um, connectedness and connection is a massive part of the beat model, right? It comes under the A, activity part of the B-E-A-T beat model. Because for me, like we've talked about before, I realized that, you know, connection is, is hugely important. And what's interesting for me is over the last few years, where the whole COVID pandemic hit, is people started to realize the things that I'd realized decade and a half ago and one of those things they realized was the importance of human connection with one another for mental well-being but also physical well-being um so it's quite interesting that 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 kind of came about um and obviously we've been massively challenged over the last few years with connection oh. and wh- one of the reasons that i go to the mind value thing which i'll be doing in july is primarily for that connection piece and like I've said before, sometimes when you focus on one area of the beat model, the other areas will will fall by the wayside. So I know that when I go for the connection piece in Mind Valley, the sleep is gonna definitely drop. The exercise will probably to some degree drop. I tend to do a lot of steps, but but not really formal exercise. Um the food may drop a little bit. So a bunch of other things are going to drop, but that's okay. That's the whole point of the beat model is that...
1: Well, we know for those that listen to that episode, that something for you, the one bucket that you sometimes do, um, that doesn't need a little bit of refilling in your instance, is the social one, right? Is that connected? That's that? the
0: biggest one. I'd say that there's probably like two or three main ones. One is the connection piece, the the social one. Uh, the other one would, I guess, be being outside in nature enough, although I do get out to the park uh probably three times a week uh but like actual nature nature would be really good and then the one i'm rectifying at the moment as well uh in the tranquility piece is having enough holidays um and, and doing holidays uh they're three that i probably fall down with quite a bit but connection is probably this the biggest one
1: i think um what's quite nice about this subject is a lot of the shows we've done so far have talked a lot about thoughts and feelings and mindset this is a little bit more linked to well-being i think it's slightly different to i mean it's all closely linked but i think the well-being side there's a lot of studies a lot of information out there particularly post-pandemic um i've had guests on my other shows which talks about this a lot where it's been shown that close relationships actually are uh, make us a lot happier than than fame than than money than than what i would call tools right that idea of being a close relationship with somebody um and maintaining those close relationships actually give us much more happiness for our lives than any of the the, the tools yeah. that money, uh, which I think is a tool rather than anything else can, can provide us. And I think that's, um, you know, in a, in a post-pandemic world where loneliness became a real pandemic, you know, problem, oh, yeah. problem of its own proportions as a result of that, right? And, and, and there's lots. of mean, it, to talk about. Being it's
0: feasible. been heading there for a long time. I mean, actually, you talk about friends being more important than money. Um, that's one of the things that they put on the side of the Lululemon bags, you know, the yoga brand, Lululemon. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I like it. they got good stuff. It's
1: really okay. good stuff.
0: I'm wearing like Lululemon, Lululemon top, Lululemon trousers. I, to I tend to only buy Lululemon. I need to be able to move my legs, and I find that so many people are so restricted in their movement and their clothing. So I, that's why I only buy barefoot trainers, barefoot shoes.
1: We sound, sound like it. an advert for. We're not. I promise you, we're not I, sponsored by Lululemon. I'm Lululemon right?
0: it's just... Totally, is totally. But um, but um, yeah, the pandemic definitely. I think accelerated the whole loneliness thing we are entering that way anyway and i think part of that is just modern society for example people are living if you look around at the buildings right they're bu- they're building these one and two bedroom flats as opposed to these three four bedroom houses a lot of the time and and we start to live in these isolated ways at least in the west where we don't have these extended families living with us people are living uh single longer like when i think about my mom getting married at 20 she was engaged by 19. uh my grandmother actually from my dad's side anyway she was I, I, this will sound crazy right especially to you be, bearing in mind that Eva's 13. my grandmother from my dad's side my paternal side, was, was married at 14 and had her first child by 16 which is my, my
1: mom was married at 17. your mom was married at 17. was yeah wow Uh, that doesn't surprise me at all and my sister had her first child at at 16 so um,
0: really wow well there you go go. not surprised at all i I did not know that um
1: i'd like to add my mum is still happily married now in fact it's still be her 50th wedding anniversary in january
0: oh wow yeah my my parents are on 52 at the moment 52 years so (laughs) uh, and and the thing is like but now you know it went to 25 30 and that i think the average age is beyond 30 and and a lot of people having children much later as well and we're living in these isolated places and I think we know my feelings about technology and social media it's a kind of a love-hate or hate-hate relationship we're using technology now to to reach out to people which is great and at the same and we wouldn't have had this conversation maybe otherwise uh, but at the same time then it can be an easy substitute and in fact the other day actually speaking of connection I was invited to um, a good friend of mine's sister's fortieth. Where I've been very good friends with her, her family, and the extended group. And I've got like a second Asian family, if you like. They're all like Indian. And and talking of connection, one of the things I really value about their parents is their parents were friends in the sixties, and all did, went to medical school together. Came over in the seventies to the UK and they all grew up through the medical field together, And then they all have kids around the same time who are now the friends that I've got uh, through school connections and otherwise. And I've always admired that about them, because I know that connection and social connection is so important for longevity. In
1: a lot of studies on this post pandemic, there's actually science that proves um... The connection improves longevity along with a host of other benefits which i'm sure we'll get into during the course of the show oh, yeah. you were talking about your friends interestingly what i got i went back to my parents my dad's birthday was over the weekend third of june he went home and my auntie his sister created a family album for each of her siblings and one of them, my dad got ones like a3 size massive thing and in there you open it up we're talking photos from my great 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 grandparents in this album and she's managed to, she's done a full family tree history but with actual photos of different Maui, wow. you look at it—the feelings that it kind of brings up when you look at people you've never actually met, but you know they're no. kind of part of your your family wow. history and your family tree. And you're looking at all the, and you see your grandparents. I saw my my grandpa who um, and my grandma who's sadly no longer with us, but pictures of them as kids. Yeah, uh, and then pictures of they grow up, and it, wow, it's just it's a really nice social. It's you know, the connection thing, even though it's through a picture, you still feel that sense of connection. Oh, definitely. You Connect through memory. You connect through that feeling of 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 hereditary family. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I mean, my mum who listens to our podcast, so she'll be listening to this. So I'm going to do a, a shout out to her because she actually spent probably a year or two putting together something similar. So she created a whole book of all the ancestors, the family tree, and then my nieces as well. So there's there's pictures of us at different ages, the family tree going up to great, great grandparents and everything. And so I've got the books in behind me, actually, somewhere there uh, that she printed off, like, Ten copies of, or something like that, and gave it to to each of the kids and grandkids and things. So, um, yeah, I mean, connection super important. I think we mentioned in one of the previous uh, podcasts the the, the uh, I think it's the Grant study, which is that longevity study that started in the nineteen thirties. Um yeah, so I did, find that actually human connection was the most important thing. Um, but I I was going to ask you maybe this will lead us into my more esoteric uh, understanding of connection is why do you think that human connection is so important? Why do you think this connection is so important for our health and our well-being?
1: For me, it's innate. That's, that's, I mean, we know there's, there's chemical Lots of um, studies that say that it releases chemicals in the body from like, things like oxytocin and, and, and things like that, which, which make us feel good anyway. But it's innate. We I think compassion is innate. There, there's uh, We naturally want to... And actually, if you actually if you use the... Go to Darwinism, right? Everyone talks about the survival of the fittest. It's not necessarily the case. If you go through the, the humans in particular have survived, it's actually those that have shown more love and compassion and togetherness and family yeah. orientation have actually come through the test of time. So I think it's an innate thing. And I, that probably comes for me and my views from being brought up by a mum who's who specialised in baby development, who's looked at children and studied baby brains and studied how they develop and how their sense of belonging to a parent, their, their needs. I was talking about often babies cry, just a security mechanism to say, hey, yeah. is mummy still here? So we need that connection right from birth. Oh, absolutely. Um, there was a, a really interesting study that was done uh, by the Man- Max Planck Institute thought was really interesting. where well, they observed two-year-olds and it was a really simple study, nothing too complex. But they had, the experimenter in that particular study would have two two-year-olds in a room and he would just drop things. And the two-year-olds would innately go and pick that thing up and bring them back and help. And he put obstacles in the way. So as long as they could see what he did, every time he dropped something, the obstacles would mm-hmm. ob- navigate the obstacles, pick up the thing and bring it back to the experimenter. And I think that at two years old, we haven't got the consciousness to, to overthink these things, which suggests, yeah. therefore, it's an innate response. But we know, and actually post-pandemic, there's been loads of neurological studies, I'm sure you've read. There's a really good book, which is all about, uh, it was called Why are, we so wired? Uh, Why are We So Wired to Connect? Why Are We So Wired to Connect? Mm-hmm. In, in that book, they talk about all the neurological connections that happen in the brain in relation to social connection. So, you know, the, 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 the as I said, oxytocin being one, but the dopamine response. So I think for me, it's an innate thing. I think we need it. And we, there's yeah. every study shows we, we live longer. Our immune system is, is stronger. We feel better. And I work in the world of recruitment where the one thing you teach people when you're speaking to clients and candidates is you need to mirror them. You mirror people that makes them feel like they belong. And actually, we do that naturally. If someone smiles at you in the yeah. street, we tend to smile back if someone shows you a really shitty face tend to feel the same way back so for me it's quite an innate response
0: yeah i think when when i remember studying nlp and they were talking about matching and mirroring and things like that and people often think oh isn't that a bit manipulative and this and like that i can say to them, look when you look at a group of friends in the pub they are naturally because they're in sync with each if other we do they it naturally." Do yeah. so all nlp did neuro linguistic program was decode what we already do and put it into a, a framework for you it's not so that's why i say it's not necessarily manipulation but i i wanted to run, bring up a couple of things and the, the darwin thing is interesting because often he's often misquoted and people don't actually understand um a lot of what he said but one of the things i think it wasn't really survival of the fittest anyway it was i think it was survival of the fittest community or something like that so it was it was innate about the community but the other thing i wanted to mention as your your, your mum's into uh baby development maybe she'll be able to point me to the the right study but I've written about this in the in the book that I'm coming that's coming up and it was and by this point it might even be hearsay but I remember hearing about this uh experience where it was like an orphanage or something like that and all the all the babies were were there and and what happened was there was one baby at the end who tended to not get sick not be that ill you know survive much longer than the other babies and thrived in the end and it turned out that actually that was the, there was the baby at the end of the row because the nurse, when she got to the end of the row and she'd done all the, the stuff that she needed to do with the baby, she had more time with the baby at the end. And so she would hug it and support it and things. And and I was thinking about that the other day as I was watching this movie, um you know, like my movies, and I, I was watching uh, this movie called Old.
1: This is the reason yeah. when it goes to the beat. Terrible yeah, movie.
0: Terrible movie, right? Terrible. I actually was skipping it through it. But one thing I, that <laughs> triggered my memory for this particular study was yeah. um, you know, the the, the teenager ages I and mean, then she has yeah, the baby
1: uh, dies because hasn't got enough it, time to be careful.
0: Exactly. So she didn't have enough time because they to, to be hot. Uh, cuddled and so died within five spoiler minutes
1: alert, but a bit late for spoiler alert. yeah it's not the biggest but... spoilers just don't watch it
0: no. yeah don't don't watch it I was watching it to be honest like skipping forward every 10 seconds here or there because it was on my on my mobile as I was taking the tube but um but the point is that that human connection is so important but I think what I was talking about last time we were I was talking about heart math and I was saying how the the energy fields from the heart and the head are interconnected within ourselves. But at the same time, when we are touching someone else or in a close proximity, our fields are interfering. Now, where I want to go with the more esoteric side of things is that we see what we see, right, which is our body, our our tables, our chairs and everything else. But we we don't we know that there's a lot of invisible stuff around us, right? EMS, one one of a better example, radio waves, whatever. So there are things that we can't see that have an impact on us uh, because they have an impact because we can hear the radio if we turn on the radio. Right. So we know that they're there. Um, same with the the waves that we've got. Right. We are connected on a level that is somewhat physical because it's interference of waves or uh, frequencies. But we can't see it because we're not physically touching that person. Um, and I guess where I wanted to go with this is I've been, as you know, studying things like mindset, mindfulness, meditation, yoga for a long, long time. But also my background was in physics and astrophysics and particle physics and quantum physics as well. And as I started studying both of those things more and more and more, I started to see the commonalities between where they'll both get into eventually. And science is now starting to get to a point where they're effectively saying what ancient yogis and gurus have been saying for a long time which is effectively there's no separation and that we're all connected in in some way shape or form and the the word yoga itself means union or to yoke means to bring together effectively um and so where i wanted to say this is that every spiritual teaching that i tend to get deeper and deeper into ultimately says the same thing and that is we are one that we are one and we and it's because we feel that we're separate from one another that actually ultimately leads to a lot of conflict and pain and suffering because we don't see the connector. This is why we have wars, right? If 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 you realise that we're effectively one tree, all separate branches and leaves of the same tree, we wouldn't be hurting ourselves because ultimately it hurts the the the, the organism as a whole. And I think. You know, one of the experiences that always um, I, I think back to—not that I've had, but that astronauts tend to report back when they say they have this almost like uh, spiritual experience when they see the Earth because they're seeing it as one one unit. And if you look at if you look at the Earth, or even if you're not looking at the Earth, but you're looking from high up on a plane and you see—I always think when you see the roads and you see the traffic light, uh, not the traffic lights, but the lights from the cars, the red lights and the the amber lights—and they're going in different ways. I always think about it like the body and the blood vein and the veins and the blood going in and out of the heart. And we our whole planet is almost like an organism in itself. Now, when we look at our bodies, we just see it as one body. But if we were to go in at a deeper level, microscopic level we would see individual cells, individual blood cells and so on. Those cells don't consider themselves separate from one another. I, I wouldn't imagine they're all part of the same unit. Now, when we go zoom out, We see ourselves more as connected in a whole unit. I don't know if any of this is making sense, but
1: yeah. I mean, we talked a little bit off air last time about, um, well, we actually, you and I spoke off air about what love is and what we can go into the the God question as well. It's like, what is God or whatever else? But we talk about energies. And I think you're the astrophysicist here, but the law of uh, Newton's law is like something along the lines of no energy can, can be created or destroyed, it's only converted from one form of energy to another right yeah. so the energy is constant it's always there so it has to be moving around and if we think of of love in that instance then <clears> the <throat> Bank Banks says that uh, is something that I love this the three principles but he talks about how we are love we embody love that's an energy mm-hmm. we are energy passing and it, it, it actually transcends most religions as well if you look at the buddhist religion and the energy yeah. is passing on and but we are connected through that energy as the breath that we breathe. If we're in the same space, the chance are we're going to be breathing the same oxygen well, that someone else has breathed many times before, we're going to be sharing whole, energy and sweat and water, the water that's in the earth, all these things. Well, this is constantly- the thing
0: is that I wanted to say about, about you know COVID illuminating to a lot of people what you know maybe I've been thinking about for a long, long time. I thought that people through COVID would understand that idea of connection even more because like you say, COVID was transmitted almost exclusively through the breath. That's that's yeah, basically yeah, how. Sure. It. We are all breathing the same air. We're all breathing. Like every time we take a breath in, apparently we're taking in like 100,000 atoms that were once in Marilyn Monroe or JFK or someone like that. Like it's, it's all there. And I think we're talking about energy not being created or destroyed. Something that always blows my mind is that everything you see and touch, whether that's the car, the lamppost, the the laptop, every single thing was already here on Earth, has always been here on Earth. There's very few things that come from outer space that have, it's just a different form. You know, we've dug into the ground, we've pulled things up, we've pulled out old dinosaurs, and we've made it into oil, or like all of these things, or the, 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 the Earth has made it into oil, we're already there they're just converted into it's just one thing and as we get more and more into and, and I know you're not so, so much of a big meditator and everything but as you get more into the spiritual
1: more, yeah, but
0: the, like i said that the, the the ultimate premise is that we're all one that we are we are one and and it's it's about finding that connection to ourselves the other people around us uh to make us actually remember uh that that is the case and from a science perspective i want to bring it back to this because i'm also quite science minded and so i find that this helps explain it from a scientific perspective but have you heard of this concept called quantum entanglement before quantum entanglement no quantum no, entanglement so einstein einstein nicknamed it spooky action at a distance in quantum mechanics so there's there's two main fields of of Physics that have developed over the last 100 years. One was theory of relativity, uh, general relativity, and special relativity. Special relativity is all to do with speed of light, time, space, all being the same thing. General theory to do with gravity and, and everything. But the other field that was almost in direct conflict with that, which Einstein didn't really like too much, although he had a hand in developing, was quantum theory. So quantum is the theory of things very, very small. And things get yeah. very weird when you start going deep into into them and what quantum entanglement is this effectively what it says is that when you've got two things that were once part of the same system they're forever connected and they've been able to prove this so let's say for argument's sake you had um let's say two atoms or two two golf balls for yeah. argument. Two golf balls, right? But these are represent- it
1: simple so we can all follow along. Yeah. Mr. Are- Astrophysics guy.
0: That's yeah. okay. So let's say we've got two golf balls, which actually represent two microscopic particles. And we take them two meters apart. Or actually, actually, let's say we take them two miles apart, right? You've got one golf ball on one hill, and I've got the other golf ball on the other hill. All right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and let's say there's an arrow on those on those golf balls point both of them pointing up. All right now if i turn my golf ball so the arrow points downwards yeah. and you see me and and the idea is you match me you will turn your golf ball down right the arrow yeah. down now for you to be able to do that let's say you've got some binoculars so you can see me the you're not going to do it exactly at the same time because you have to see me do it and that takes time for that information to get to you and that, that time period is the speed of light because you have to see the, the yeah. you know me now what, what what this theory, and actually has been proven in a lab, shows that actually both you and I, you instinctively know that I'm gonna turn that arrow downwards or to the left or to the right. You don't actually have to wait for that information to come. And that it doesn't matter whether those mountains are two miles apart, two million miles apart, or one mountain on one end of the universe and the other mountain on the other end of the universe. Instinctively, Both arrows are going to point down or left or right without any time delay whatsoever, which by current physics thinking is impossible because it takes time for something to get for information to get somewhere, usually the speed of light, or could be the speed of sound if you're hearing my voice or whatever. But speed of light is the limit of the speed limit of the universe as we understand it. And because these two golf balls were once, let's say, in the same packet, right? You bought them from the same shop at the same time, they're intrinsically forever linked. This yeah. is what's quantum entanglement, which means that those particles are linked. Now, if you believe, which is the current pervading theory of the Big Bang Theory, I don't know for sure if I believe this or not right now, but let's say let's say the Big Bang Theory is the theory that everything in the universe spewed out like from one singular point. That means everything in the universe started as once in the same system, right? Every golf ball in the universe was once in the same packet of golf balls. And they are now at far ends of the universe, which means they are all intrinsically connected.
1: I'm going to ask a question because it brings up yeah. as a a study done. And probably people have watched this and it's, uh, it's a bit more fun. Uh, it's, I think every, I don't know if anyone listening to this hasn't felt this moment. The sixth sense, the idea that, you know, when someone's watching you. And actually, mm. I don't know if you've seen it. There's a video YouTube study of this where people are going up and down escalators behind the wall. There's a group of people staring at the people. And as they got the escalators, people keep turning around because they feel like they've been watched. But there's no one there to see. It's that innate feeling of connectedness where you know you feel at some. I don't. I feel to me that's maybe an. Uh, that's an example of what you're talking about or not. But it came into my head when you were it's, talking. It's, it's like
0: it, it's similar some to some kind the, of connection
1: somewhere because you're not you're thinking, seeing it, feeling it in your body.
0: Or you're thinking of someone and then suddenly they they call you. Um. And and I had this experience not that long ago, even with uh, booking my holiday. Right. So I'm booking this holiday and I text my mate Trevor, who I don't know if listens to this or not. I said to him hey, I'm going here next week. Do you fancy coming? Because I know he's into these sorts of holidays. And bear in mind, this company that I'm, I'm going with, Mark Warner, they've got about seven or eight of these around Turkey, and, uh, Turkey and, and Greece. And he texts me back and says, actually, I'm there at the moment. And it's at the, the same exact same resort that I'm going to. And you could say, well, okay, the chance is a bit smaller than that. But the point is that, you know, when you've had that experience where you're, you, you're thinking of someone, they call you, or yeah, you feel someone staring at you behind you, that is, we are all connected. And I think as as you get deeper into spirituality, you start to realise it.
1: I had a, I, I quickly had a look up for the, uh, the quote that I was trying to find from Sidney Banks about love. I didn't quite find it, but I did find another one that's quite interesting where he says, we are one with no separation except for the illusion we have of our own bodies. Mm. We are all one except for the illusion we have of our bodies. And the illusion he's talking about is related to our thought because there's no human being more spiritual than than you. Or I, the idea that everybody is equal with all energy that's, that's that's moving from one space and it never goes as per Newton's law. So therefore, you as anyone listening to this is as good as anybody else on this earth. No one is better. Everything else is layered. We have a social perception that people are better because of their achievement, but no one is innately better than another right. individual in terms of the way that we are. It's just the way that we we act and the way that we behave that, that, that alters that. So the only reason we don't see it, therefore, is then it's due to our thoughts. But I love the idea of. As he says he's not talking about energy he's not talking about the connections necessarily in that example we are one his quote is we are we are one with no separation except the illusion you have of our bodies and what i thought was also interesting we got talking about this at the end of the last show and i think i may maybe mentioned it in the show and i probably butchered it slightly but we're talking about this going back there's loads of studies now on neuroscience and how it links to anxiety we know that we talked about it leads to you know, longevity in your life you have good connection we know that um low connection Actually, the studies have shown there's more information in the body for those that have low, low connection. But there's more, you know, um, anxiety, more depression, higher suicidal risk, all these things that come with a lack of lack of connection. But actually, there's a Chinese proverb which would have gone back years and years and years ago, which I may have mentioned before, but I love it. it says, if you want happiness for an hour, take a nap. If you want happiness for a day, go fish. If you want happiness for a year, inherit a fortune. And if you want happiness for a lifetime, help someone else. Mm. Now, why the reason I want to mention that is a that links to connection, but it's not. We can talk about connection to a blue in the face and the fact that there are energies that that, that go from one to the other that we are innately all connected. But actually, to feel true connection, it's not. We have it one, on one one on a molecular level, which you're talking about, natural benefits. Right? But we also to to, to break the loneliness trap. It's not enough just to know that we're connected. No, but actually, in order to really build the benefits that come with it, the longevity, the the, the, the stronger immune system and everything else, we have to know that other people really care about us and are yeah. there for us, that we have relationships based on vulnerability, on on empathy, on, on trust, that, that there is an overall sense of care from somebody else about how we are feeling about our personal well being. And I think, so I just, I just think there's two levels to this. There's one which no, we're definitely I, connected it, molecularly, so but there's funny. also in terms of improving our well being, we need to actually show that we care about others and, and build on on that important connection piece
0: well what I want to say is it's so funny you talk about showing you care to other people and, and and things like that because actually in the mentoring group that I was doing an hour before this podcast the topic of conversation was around uh service and giving yourself to others and and actually uh, this play this plays a part of the beat model right this is the PSPC part right passion service purpose and connection Within the uh, activity part of the beat model, because one of the things that I, I do probably for the last 12 years on a uh, day before Christmas Eve, there's this thing called Basket Brigade. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it or not. not and really. this is actually how I got into this group called the Yes Group. Uh, before I'd even gone to the Yes Group, which was a personal development group that I was part of for a number of years, still am part of and actually led it for a few years. Was this thing called Basket Brigade and hundreds of volunteers? They get together and we go and we uh, hire a school out. A school loans us their building uh, on the 23rd of December, the day before Christmas Eve. And we go there and we have been fundraising throughout the year and we have bought loads and loads of food that is going to create hundreds, if not sometimes one or two thousand baskets of food, hampers for underprivileged people across London. And they do basketball games in different cities across the world and it started from tony robbins many many years ago and you put in the chicken or the turkey or the vegan option and then the carrots and the pudding and everything and the first half of the day everyone's listening to christmas music there's banter there's people on stage and then there's a whole system it's really organized i should share a video with you and you do all that and then in the second part what you do is you go and get four or five hampers you go in your car and you have different addresses that you're given and you go across London and you start delivering these hampers and you knock on the door. Often they answer, sometimes they don't, but you, they answer the door if they're in and you just leave the hamper and you're the messenger. You don't tell them what it's about. You say, you know, I'm the messenger. Here it is. And then they open it up eventually. And then there's a note in there and it says, you know, Merry Christmas. And once you maybe get back on your feet, you know, this is where this came from. And, you know, some people then join the following year. And so it's all about showing people, and we do that at Christmas time, but we should do it year round. It's showing people that we care, uh, creating this idea of community and connection and service and charity and volunteering. And yeah, and, and by doing that, that's what triggered in my head. I was thinking, like, even when I'm feeling really tired and low, when I do something for other people, I always feel more energy. And that's why it actually ended up being part well, of the We can people.
1: get it from watching those YouTube videos, right? There's loads of videos out there about random acts of kindness, people that give a blanket to a stranger, people that... And if you watch it, it makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside. Oh, yeah. Because of yeah. how it makes us feel. So there was a Harvard study done where they named what that, feel, that warm, fuzzy feeling is. A guy called Nicholas Christakis, and I looked at this pre-show, which is why it comes into mind now. So we have that warm fuzzy feeling, right? We want to push it on, but he, Nicholas, managed to, at Harvard, studied to show that actually, if one person acts with compassion, it can build compassion in people up to three degrees of separation from ourselves. So if we are naturally more, if I'm a naturally more compassionate person, the study that he did at Harvard showed that it means my wife, my friends, my my neighbours, my siblings are likely to be more compassionate as well. And mm-hmm. there's also studies that show the same is true for happiness. And obviously, compassion often leads to happiness. We show compassion for others it makes us feel better inside what i thought was really interesting in the study and I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes was that it the study showed that it's not just us and this links to your connection piece as well if i'm if you and i are together on the street and i do something and you see it it's going to likely to make you more compassionate and the person you are up to three degrees of separation That's oh yeah well, that, well, I, mean,
0: uh, I mean this is not to do with uh compassion but like there's a weight loss thing where it shows like if your friend's friend spread yeah. is overweight you're like 25 more likely to be overweight and things like that i think it was uh, dr david Wood hamilton i really recommend his books by the way david hamilton phd he's got some great books i'll have to dig out a few for you uh, specifically but he was talking about this and it's and we are so connected one one thing i wanted to say actually um well one on the videos that make you feel happy i was watching one today and there was a uh, there was kids playing basketball probably about seven eight years old that that sort of age group and there was clearly there was one kid who was not really able to do much. Or maybe I think he had an illness or something. And, and the other kids were like shooting in. And then there was this other guy who was like the biggest kid in the, in the group. Um, and I remember that the tag says something like be, be a, in life, be be number 50. And he was wearing number 50. And what he did is he grabbed the ball or, and or the, the kid grabbed the ball and he stood behind him and held him with his hands and then helped him get it, get the ball in or something like that. And it was just so, such an emotional bit, for me. Emotional. Like a two, two minute thing. I was like, Oh my God, like, you know, seven years old and you're, and you're, you're thinking like that for, for other people. There's, there's, an, there's
1: a famous Ironman video of a guy and I've put the link in it because it, will literally make you cry Um, does for me anyway. It brings emotionals out of us where the dad takes his special needs son through an entire Ironman race. He pulls him on the, in the water. Oh, you may yeah. have seen
0: it. I've seen this one. And
1: he runs with him. It is it is a real tear. Oh, yeah, he yeah, yeah. yeah. does oh, the whole oh. Iron Man with this, and the, the, the expression of his son as he crosses fa- the finish line for all the special needs he has to deal with. Oh, my God. I mean, it just breaks you down. But it no, breaks I'm, us down as people watch. I'm well enough no. now thinking about it. You know yeah. which one I'm talking about. I'll definitely yeah, yeah, find a link yeah. and put it in. So yeah. I mean, even going back to the Spanish proverb, right, where they talk about helping someone else is that is, is if you would have had this for a lifetime. We're seeing many, 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 many more now very successful entrepreneurs, billionaires, millionaires, whatever it might be, that when they actually make their fortunes, they realize it hasn't quite given them the full-time happiness they thought it would come. So they become what, much more philanthropic as, as they make their fortunes. I, I interviewed a guy on a, a payroll podcast that I've got. It's called Payroll Podcast. I need to plug it on this show unless you work on payroll. There's a guy called Stephen Sarowitz who is a billionaire, one of the first payroll billionaires. He's a big business in the US. And I'm interviewing him, and he is a billionaire. So you don't get a chance to speak to these people very often, right? And his whole philosophy now is actually of the Baha'i faith, which I thought was really interesting. And he's, he's he's you know become very spiritual since mm. making his fortune. And else. But his ambition is to leave over a billion or to to, to pledge over a billion pounds to philanthropic causes. And that's what gives him happiness now. It's not about the money he's making, yeah. it's about what he's giving to others. And he's yeah. and he's one example, but there are many out there. That oh well.
0: It's online, uh, you know, Warren Buffett who uh, Warren Buffett who's developed the the giving pledge you know the giving pledge where
1: yeah
0: yeah, yeah donate 99 percent of their wealth and wh- one of the things that reminds me uh, I think it's Andrew Carnegie you heard of Andrew Carnegie he's like the steel of yeah. mag- the, the 1800s yeah. or something. and I think it was his philosophy it's like spend the first half of your life making money and he spent the second half of his life wanting to give it away and giving it away and you know loving or loathing Bill Gates is doing somewhat similar like that I've got my own views on him in particular, but he he, his mentor, if you like, was Warren Buffett and Warren Buffett is, a, is the one that started off the giving pledge, I believe, but they're all of the same milk of like the Andrew Carnegie's and all this, where they, they are building their fortune and then maybe giving it away. We'll see if it's, if it's truly philanthropic or not, but, but that's the idea, I guess.
1: There um, will be people listening to this that are feeling lonely. I and mean, if you base it on the American studies that have come out, I think it was after the pandemic in 21. Um, 60, it says 61 percent of all young adults were struggling with with loneliness. 51 percent of mothers with children struggling mm. with, with their loneliness, of which 50 percent said, and as you can find the study online, said they wish someone would just ask them how they're doing in a meaningful, genuine way. That's mm. the difference. That's the that's the icing there. Yeah. That people need to understand. It's not about saying you're okay. It's you know if this if this show now and funnily enough, someone did this for me. So we talked about connection and social media. One of the other shows, and I said actually, it can make you feel really disconnected being on social media. That was a quote I, you know, I was talking about and how it makes me feel. And it was really lovely. And the listener listened to this from the show literally got in touch with me and said, Nick, i am just reaching out to you to let you know. I haven't seen you much on social. I'm always here if you want to feel connected. A really lovely touch. But- yeah you know if, if we can inspire people to just pick up the phone and actually make that connection again for the people we haven't connected with recently because it means so much to both the giver and the receiver right uh, it's, uh,
0: well yeah and how you feel other people feel and what, what I wanted to bring up a little while back I can't remember that that guy you were quoting where he was talking about no distance between us or what, what were you talk,
1: um oh that's Sydney Banks, yeah, Sydney
0: Banks and I wanted to say that you might have heard in a yoga session often at the end a teacher might say namaste namaste and so effectively what that means loose translation all of these things but uh, the light within me recognizes the light within you and that there is no distance or space between us and effectively what that namaste is saying is that we're all the same and that we're all connected Mm -hmm. we're all the same thing um which I really like and I I probably didn't know what that meant for many years after, (laughs) after hearing it and so that's why I thought I'd share that now uh, but I also wanted to say that we are the reason we're so connected. And again, bringing it back to to from a science perspective, because a lot of times people might hear, "Oh, it's all airy fairy, this something other." Okay, we're all one, we're all connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we are. Whatever. It's not. It, it, and this is what I'm saying is that science is proving what these these spiritual leaders have known for a long time. And. Kind of going back to that quantum physics part of thing. There's this thing called the double slit experiment, which I wanted to share with you. A double what? The double slit. Double slit. So imagine you've got like a piece of paper with, with a slit in it. Okay. Uh, or let's say it's a, a metal sheet. With it's a, a sli- new one. To
1: me. Yeah, it's got it. Okay. So there's a metal
0: sheet with one slit in it. Now let's say you were to fire marbles at that slit. Some are going to hit the metal bit, and some are going to go through the gap. And let's say there's another wall on the other side. Uh, let's say actually it's a paintball or something like that, because that will be easier, paintball pellets, and it will make a strip where it's gone through, where it's hitting, right? Now, if you had two slits, you would end up with shooting those pellets two uh, to, to strips on the back wall, right? Because some pellets are going through the left-hand slit, some pellets are going through the right-hand slit, you end up with two slits on the back wall. If instead of pellets of paintball pellets, you had water going through. Uh, what happens is as each, each wave, as the wave goes through the uh, two slits, it creates two ripples, like two semicircle mm-hmm. ripples. When the two crests of the wave meet, it creates an interference pattern, which makes things higher. When the two troughs of the wave meet, it creates a, a pattern makes it lower. And what that means is on the back wall, what you see is not two slits uh two two markings you see a whole stream of markings because of the way that the wave has protruded outwards and i will share with you afterwards nick the a, a link to a youtube video that we can put in the show notes so people can watch um but effectively what what this is saying is when a wave passes through those two slits you get an interference pattern right like 10 or 12 vertical strips when a particle passes through those two slits you get just two two lines, lines. yeah now what they did is when you go microscopic right and you go microscopic to uh, like an electron instead of a marble you go down to an electron level and they fire these these electrons at this double slit they see on the back wall not two slits not two markings they see the whole gamut of markings the whole lot like it's behaving like a wave. So what they thought, OK, well, maybe we're firing all these electrons too quickly and they're interfering with each other somehow. So they would fire them one at a time, one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. And they're still seeing this wave pattern. So then they're like, hang on a second, we're firing particles like little marbles at this thing. And we should see two patterns, but we're seeing 12 across. That doesn't make any sense. And then and the mass is even weirder as well. The maths shows that the particle goes through one, it goes through the other, it goes through both, and it goes through neither. This is gets really complicated with the maths. <laughs> then they thought, hang on a second, let's be a bit cleverer. Let's find out what the hell is actually going on here. So let's put a little microscopic camera so we can see what is happen- actually happening. And when they put the camera there to look at what's going on, then the pattern they get is back to the two lines. When they take the camera away, that the, the experiment behaves like a wave when they look at it, it behaves like a particle. This is called wave-particle duality of of light. Effectively, us being the observer is actually affecting the result of the experiment. When we look at it, you get two lines. When we don't look at it, we get a wave pattern interference. And it sounds
1: like a naughty child that when they're in in your view, they're really well behaved. Well, you turn away. They're exactly. messing
0: this is what I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to say. is That. We inherently know that we, as an observer, are not actually independent. We're not independent because this is why we have placebo-controlled trials, double-blind placebo-controlled trials, because double-blind means that the person giving the pill doesn't know it's whether it's placebo or not, because you might give little tells away through your for demeanor sure. yeah. or whatever. Or when we talked about this last time, when you go to a football match, a football match that is played behind closed doors will probably yield between the two same teams, might yield a different result than a football match played. Well, it, interestingly, on,
1: on that, just because I know we talked about the book by Simon Ong Energise and actually one of our listeners um, bought the book and posted it on LinkedIn and said she really enjoyed yeah, it. That was that, good. So yeah. glad to listen to that. Because we saw it. But in that book, he talks about, and I'm going to get the name wrong because it was on the book, but I'll just give a, a broad example. And I can't even fully remember exactly what the element was. I think it was onset. Um, maybe onset dementia or something along those lines. But early onset dementia. Maybe more yeah. physical. I've mentioned it before. But um, he he was desperate to, to you know, got quite depressed, trying to find a solution to to his problem. Traditional science and medication wasn't working. They said, look, it's irreversible. But he found out about this new study that was going on in maths. And it was to, to reverse this dementia. He then went to try and get, to become one of the, the people in this research study and was successful. And he got the drug and went back to the doctors. And he realized that this drug was amazing. Like it was doing everything they said it was fantastic The doctors were like this is amazing like you are defying science this shouldn't be happening and he was able to live a, a very normal life and none of the the symptoms that should have impacted came through right but then he went back and said i think it was about 10 years later in the book I'm, like, Apologies, I'm probably getting the numbers wrong it doesn't really matter he went back to see the results of the final study with the rats it turned out it didn't work and then he found out he was in a placebo study anyway the yeah. whole drug he'd ever got the whole time was placebo yeah how the mind, it obviously impacts him oh. so much. That he was able to overcome it himself, his ailment the doctor said wasn't possible. It's mean, a brilliant book, Cured actually, which talks about many different things. That oh, that's
0: awesome. an interesting one. I mean, there's a similar one called Mind Over Medicine by Dr. I know that
1: book as well, yeah. You know
0: that one? Um, yeah, brilliant yeah. book, love that book. I think you uh, recommended it, actually. Yeah, I, I probably did actually, I might've recommended it. And mo- most, like most trials do not work, do not outperform placebo you well, know my whole- ways, the thought gym because i know the power of the, <laughs> of the yeah, mind I and th- i talk to people as well uh about the nocebo effect as well because um it's the opposite where a doctor tells you oh you know you've got six months left to live and then people bang on die even though they've read the wrong chart and it was nothing to do with you and because and this is why like witch doctors in you know these crazy tribes might work because you know, you have so much faith in that witch doctor. They tell you something's going to happen; it happens. We're
1: in that. We're in that weird dynamic at the minute, right? So, my dad, who, who listens to the show, like he was given six months, then eighteen months. That was mm. over two years ago. Still with us. but hanging yeah. on strong. We go. We don't know what that that date's going to be. He's got terminal cancer, but yeah. you know, I almost felt like the doctors did it to prepare us for the worst, to get us used to it. And then everything now was just good news. It's almost like let's make it really bad, so then they all feel positively I mean, positive. Don't still have, have really a crystal well. ball.
0: They do not we're just pre-
1: giving him loads of things to look forward to. We've got a party celebration in August. He's got, as, as I mentioned earlier, 50th yeah. wedding anniversary in January. I think the brain and the body can really—I know we're coming away from uh, connection now—but the idea of having something to look forward to has yeah. such a profound impact on on our health and our well-being.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, look, doctors do their best, but they're not fortune tellers, and they—they're based—they're based, they're, they're based in a lot of their assessment on well, averages, historic, whatever. I mean, saying my brother-in-law's mum, she was given maybe a few weeks left to live and that was like 18 months ago and you know these they they're not crystal they don't have crystal balls and, and what has two, done should they even should they even tell people this if they don't if they don't know but then you could say well it's you have to know to get your pheasant order but
1: let's make it relevant to today's conversation it was really interesting i told you what we did on saturday which we went home for family my dad, dad's birthday right so um 73rd birthday but the whole family went and the connections now that like we're valuing that way more than perhaps we may have done because we mm. know that the time we've got left is, is, is finite. Right. And we know that with everybody is one certainty in life is that we've got death. But when we know it's a potential a bit closer than we want it to be, it's amazing how much the family pull together. I, I, yeah. if they listen to this, which probably isn't, but well, my sister listens to this. I know it's strengthened my relationship with both my sisters. I believe it's probably strengthened my relationship with my brother, which is, which is a po- real positive outcome mm. of actually a terrible situation. But Mm. it's when these kind of situations can bring the sense of community together, the sense of family together, right? And there are always positives in these situations. and I think that's a really, really positive one um, because it's brought everyone together. It's made us all a bit more compassionate, a bit more empathetic, a little bit more understanding, a little bit more patient.
0: And I mean, keeping it on the connection piece is that, because obviously the family is an obvious example, right? You're super connected to the people around, right? The actions that you take are going to affect other people. Or if someone like dies, it clearly affects massive amounts of people. We're all connected on an emotional level, a spiritual level, an esoteric level. And I think that most problems stem from the fact that we don't really know that. We know that, but we don't know it.
1: Look at men- mental health in in teenagers and children right where they're trying to socially conform they're trying to build their connections they're trying to be more popular in inverted comments so they make decisions about their their bodies or their mental health or whatever it might be in order to see be seen in inverted commas to be doing the right things to be higher achievers to be yeah. have more friends more social whatever it is we do these things because we seek that connection sometimes in the wrong ways right but we it's in, it has such a profound impact on the way that we manage our lives that that need to want to be accepted and need to want to have more connection because the connection we think mean you know if you have two lots of it a thousand friends on facebook it means we'll have x y and z but it's really about it's whether cool. someone truly values how you're feeling and truly cares that's what we really are well,
0: this really is why i really like the idea of you i know, I would love that. I remember years and years ago, I went on this meditation retreat. It was a, uh, probably the most intense thing I've done. Uh, and I've done some intense things in the past. It's, uh, yeah, called it's, a yeah, it's, a, it's called Vipassana. It's a 10-day meditation retreat where you're not allowed to talk. You're not allowed to make eye contact with anyone. I
1: think this is the one I was thinking of, actually. Yeah. You, you,
0: don't, you, you don't eat after midday. You wake up at four in the morning. You start meditating from about four in the morning. On and off, you're doing about 12 hours of meditation a day. The first three days, you're focusing just on the sensations around your nose. But every day, I wanted to quit, but I knew that I wouldn't because I went in there saying, "I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the ten days." But around day eight, I, I had probably the most spiritual experience there because you, you get to a point where you're you're scanning your body and you're actually able to almost sense the atoms in your body. But you start to, or I, I started at that point, not to go too much into it, but just to to have this experience, this almost out of body experience. But what I wanted to say is that once people really know and and know it emphatically in their system that they're connected, it it is a very different approach to how you live your life. And and to get to it an easier way, I was was thinking, I think we talked about flotation tanks before and and the point of the flotation tank being the temperature's the same water, there's total blackness and you can't tell your skin ends and the rest of the world begins. And it's this idea of dissolving the body, dissolving the ego to this idea that you're connected to everyone. Plant medicines, uh, we, maybe we should, we should do a different talk about plant medicines. I'm not sure how familiar you are with them, but I've had a couple of experiences. But one where you take a substance and, and it's like your body has dissolved. There is nothingness there and you are somehow here, there and everywhere all at once. Whether that is imagination, I don't think so because a lot of people have similar experiences or whether that's because our human brain works the same way for everyone and that's why we all get that experience. But a lot of people who have these even near-death experiences or these spiritual experiences, they talk similar about this idea of, of feeling at one or feeling connected. And even though I've had some experiences like that, I still live in the real world. So I still feel you know, irritated by the person that cuts me up in traffic and you know, well, want that, to that look after my family more than other other people's maybe or when whatever. When we're
1: well, we have loads and loads of wishes and goals. When we're ill, we only have one.
0: Yeah. Was yes, well, yeah.
1: interesting you mentioned ego. It's famous because ego is always front and centre when we talk about anything to do with coaching or, or our sense of self. The ego is one of the things that gets in the way. And one of the first things we learn when we become, you know, follow the executive coaching and mentoring courses is you need to leave ego at the door. Easier said than done, right, for mm. a lot of people because ego is, is something that we tend to adopt and, and, and care about. But, uh, city bank says ego is only what you think you are and what you think of life nothing more nothing less it's kind of where i was thinking you were going with that, the flotation tanks it's that feeling of just freeing the mind of all negativity freeing the mind of all we being just letting yourself float and be out at, at one that's the connectedness with yeah. nature connectedness with the water connectedness with self.
0: Well, no issues there there's no issues when you when you when you realize your true nature i guess and you're Oh, I mean I, I guess i'm I'm definitely edging this conversation more to kind of the spiritual realm. Well, let,
1: let me take you out the spiritual. We've got a great example, and you know this story, but the listeners or some of the listeners won't. And this is a genuinely um true. you may not believe it because of the odds of this, right? Absolutely true. I'm kind of giving away what happens early by telling you that at the start. But one of those moments where I looked out and went, I had to phone my dad immediately to my connection and tell him what just happened because I didn't had to speak to. The, it's funny who you call upon straight away when you got something really important to tell straight on the phone to my dad to tell him. This was the story. So um, I went to a stag do in Prague. I went to a stag do in Prague. For a friend of mine who lived in Singapore was getting married. Now, I didn't. he had loads of friends going to the stag do in Prague. I was living in, a, in, in the UK, in, in Kent at the time. And the only person I really knew at the stag do was him. And I met him at university in Devon. All right? This law company, parents. We are in Prague. People from all walks of life were out there, in a location that none of us had met before. And we sat at the dinner table. And I was sat, I would have been, this would have been 15 years ago. The guy next to me was probably in his 50s. And they do the old standard what's your name? Where where are you from? How do you know Andy, the green existence is Andy Martin. Um, And he said, Oh, you know, I can't actually remember his name. He said, I'm from Salisbury, which was my hometown. So I grew up. I said, Ah. And for those listening to previous episodes, well, no, I got the crap picked out when I was 17 in Salisbury underground car park. That's where I grew up. But Salisbury, that's where I'm from. I said, Whereabouts in Salisbury? I might know. And he goes, Well, actually, I was in a village just outside Salisbury called Woodford. I said, I know Woodford really well because my mum used to run Woodford nursery school and that was in middle Woodford. And he said, "Ah, oh, well, if you know the Woodfords, he said, I was in Lower Woodford. I said, I know Lower Woodford really well. I used to come through Lower Woodford to get to the nursery school. So I said, I was Stratford Castle. Subcastle. For those who don't need to have woodford geography, but that's just outside Lower Woodford. And he said, you would have come past my house. He said, I used to live between Stratford Castle and between Lower Woodford um, and there's a, there's a group of houses. And I said, I know exactly the houses that you mean. I said, what was the name of your house? And he said, Cavius Crossing." My house. Really? So I was 30 years older, met him in Prague, sat next to him in a restaurant of my friend Staggoo, who was from Singapore, and two people before me, used to live and grew up in the house that I was now living, or my parents now lived in. And it was like, how many, I don't know how many houses there are in the world, but I know there's what, seven or eight billion people. Yeah, It was just that spooky moment of understanding. And there's loads, of, you speak to people like this story, which I have done many times. It's yeah. probably the weirdest thing I've come across. But every person to 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 a man or to a woman will say, funnily enough, I have a similar story. Yeah. There's so many stories out there. Connectedness—you've met someone in a random island in you know in, in the oh, yeah. jungle okay. of being. I guess
0: we explain this all uh, right, a Small world. Say. Whenever this happens, go, a small world, right? You you're halfway around the world, and you meet someone from your hometown, and and, and you think, okay. And and the sceptics and Muslims might say, well, is it really that random? If you're like on a backpacker trail, there, you're going to meet someone eventually, but. But at the same time, yes, there is. I this mean, the connection. same
1: house, just like. like my mind. And
0: think about think about the internet, right? Why is the internet, why is social media so popular, right? Because it's bringing a connection of some sort. Like we've argued about whether social media really brings connection, but let's think from a from an internet perspective. The whole point of the internet in the first place, when it was developed in 1979 or whenever it was, it was so that people didn't have to like. You take the floppy disk from one end of uh, of the university to the other, and it was to create a connected network, uh, so that there could be communication between two nodes. Right, we are the nodes, us humans are the nodes. Right, first it was the telephone, then it was now the the internet and everything else. And so there's this strive to be connected, but I think that what we don't recognise as we start to do this. Is My my feeling is this, that all the technology that we eventually build is doing things that we inherently can do without the technology. Um, We can go a bit more into what that might mean in a future episode, but I feel like that's what we're doing is we're, we're trying to create an interconnected world. And eventually, you know, when they start to put chips into backs of people's heads and the Internet in your brain and Neuralink and all of that. It's is to create this hive mind to put it into the the Borg Star Trek universe of things. Um but we've yeah. got to
1: be careful with that because as we talk okay. about social support, the more we try and be a forced connection, the more we can feel disconnected from things. You know, that we know that loneliness is on the rise despite all the tools we've got at our disposal. This is why despite these tools. Making us more connected, we feel more lonely than ever. We're, we're too busy in inverted commas to have a social life, or we need to be more attractive, or we need to achieve more before we can go out and, and socialize yeah. with those people. There's that all that social challenge and pressure that stops us well, from this being... is the
0: thing. Look, to, to do your quote that you've quoted to me many times that I really like, uh, which wasn't your quote, but someone else's. I don't remember who's
1: Every quote, someone else is someone Where Every you person. say,
0: you know, the person that looks out dreams, the person that looks within yeah, awakens. awakens. And i think right now we're looking out right we're, we're, we're building these neural links and we're building this connection suddenly the internet's gonna be in your head and in your sleeve and whatever else but actually if people looked within and there's a there's a, a program through google called i think search inside or search inside yourself it's a mindfulness
1: uh, and people song you've got to search.
0: <laughs> but it's a <laughs> mindfulness program that google op- operate and and it's about searching within. And I think that if people did search within, if they spent more time in that inner space instead of that outer space with uh, with social media and everything else, you'll realize that you may not need those things as much. And actually that a lot of what we can do and when you get really deep into it, people have these ideas that they feel connected very really with other people, maybe in meditating opposite sides of the world or you know, lucid dreamers can sometimes do some crazy yeah. things. Um, so I just feel like, if we do that, we're going to start to realise our, our connectedness to one another. Then Just, more, you
1: know, we talk uh, about energy being constant. Well, you and I give each other energy through these shows while we do them, right? If we didn't enjoy it, we wouldn't do it. And that's pretty simple. When we speak to people on the phone, if it's our mum or dad, and, and you want to call and give good news, it gives us energy. It gives them energy as the recipient. You know, if people picked up the phone or, or and, and spoke to people, I went around my house and knocked on the door and spoke to people and met people face-to-face as a result of this episode, I can guarantee you if it's someone that Means something to you and you have a connection at deep level you'll gain positive energy from it you'll feel good for it but so will the recipient of that and potentially as the studies show so will three people three degrees away from you feel that
0: well, because First we're point. all connected right so what, what's good for the system and this is what um mycelium networks right mushrooms and yeah when when mushrooms in one part of the forest are, are lacking nutrients they die they dive, they, they have their nutrients diverted from mushrooms miles away there's a whole i didn't know that yeah there's a whole connection that because nature cares but the, for butterfly,
1: we, and the butterfly effect is something we all know about right and that's
0: again well, yeah uh, yeah exactly it's that that's the thing Yeah, you know, the butterfly flaps its wings in brazil and makes a makes a tornado somewhere else but this is the thing and we don't i we kind of realize it but we don't kind of realize it it's like so, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of all I've got to say on that at the moment. <laughs> I think well, probably... I'll
1: say so so uh, in my research, it was quite interesting. And it doesn't really link to connectionness, but it does link to compassion and, and the, our, our true natures, shall we say. There was a study I came across called the Economic Game Paradigm Study. I don't know if you've come across it.
0: Really no, interesting, obviously based that. on
1: economics and money and power and those kind of things. Um, and we talked about how you know people, when they've made their fortunes, often want to give their money away. But the mm. study, um, in the study, people were given um, a certain amount of money but they had to, they were given the money and they had to act immediately in what they would do with that money in a group situation. Um, they could act fairly and share it with the other participants, or they could keep it for themselves. Really interesting was when they were given no time to think about it, nearly everyone in that study chose to share. It was only when they were given time to think, which means it's no longer innate, it's something where our thoughts get in the way, our feelings and everything else, that they started to change their minds. But the innate decision was always to share. And yeah. that for me links back to that compassion. What's our true nature is to be connected. In, mm. and, and and I thought um you probably have more knowledge than I do on this because you study it in more detail. But I was really interested to find out that those with low feelings of connect, of connection, feeling lonely, actually have more inflammation in the body. So it, it impacts us physiologically as yeah, well. It's not just in the body, we have have, mind. Have we have inflammation in the body as well. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure.
0: That's it and stress breeds information I mean ultimately most ailments are stress related in some way shape or form right the food stresses you the exercise can stress you the situation stresses you but if you're if you feel your true nature which is that to be connected then and, and we have these sayings remember these sayings right a problem shared is a problem half right we have these sayings and we don't really pay attention to them because we think oh it's just a saying but as as you've mentioned before when you hear a cliche, cliche. You, attention but when you share that problem it's 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 lowered right so therefore your stress is is, is lowered so you so those people that feel connected to people are having uh better I, I, ideas um what well, better ways of communicating their issues with people this is why i like certain communities where where was i the other day and i was I can't remember. It might have been like an old, an old. I was driving past somewhere. It was like a an old man's cafe type place where all these old people they just go and they, 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 they sit. They have their coffee. A lot of this happens in Greece a lot of the time, where they they have these gouverneurs and they, they're all these. You get them
1: in greasy spoons in the UK as well. Certainly, yeah. Uh, but those, the those spoons, have been to Man did know, they, like, they go,
0: they go, and they they leave again. These things are there. Yeah. There for like six or eight hours, of, and it's. And they're just chatting, and I was at the barber's the other day. It's the same thing, and it's 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 this idea of chatting and being able to effectively almost like what we would call therapy, right? Which is interesting actually, because now, like, say in the states, it's a bit more popular than in the UK. But because we are in these isolated one-bedroom apartments here, there, and everywhere, we don't have that connection with other people to these issues. Whereas before, we would have more of that community to be able to share those issues and I think the sad
1: all- thing is when you feel disconnected it makes it really hard actually the reverse is also true but when you're in that one bedroom apartment i'm not i've experienced it but i've seen others that have it becomes a self perpetuating cycle where it's really hard then to come out of it to pull yourself oh, yeah. out oh, like yeah. anything we know that vulnerability can be contagious and it makes other people more vulnerable well actually if you're lonely it can just make you more lonely and more oh, and more fearful hey, i you was there on, on
0: saturday right i said i started this we started this conversation talking about being invited to that 40th so i was i was sat at home eight o'clock at night on saturday and i was thinking to myself and i can i you know be really that bothered right to trek all the way into liverpool street go down there for a couple of hours and it actually took me like an hour and a half each way pretty much and And I'm glad I did because I got there. I saw people I hadn't seen for like six years. I saw parents of friends and everything. And I knew that I'd feel better for doing it. But it's so easy not to. And then you go downward spiral, downward spiral, downward spiral. It's it's hard to pull yourself up. So, um, yeah, you've got to catch yourself sometimes and just create a lot of energy to change that momentum. Positive story
1: is how I met my wife. Right. So friend of mine was doing, uh, he, my wife went to drama school, and they were doing a final showcase. That's the final piece you do when the agents come and you get anything else. Mm. And he was, went to university with her. I've never met at this point. And he was going to London. They, they went to a Bloom School of Speech and Drama, and I went to Royal Holloways so to do a master's there, so not many miles away. No. And he said, I'll come and stay with you. And he said, um, "You know, come and see the show. And I was like, oh, bothered. It's like all the way into London to see, like, a musical. I'm not really into musicals. It was their final showcase. It be all you guys celebrating. I won't know anyone except you. He's like, come along. He said, there's a girl here, generally true, that I think you are doing really well with. It turned out to be my wife now. We've been together 20 years. So I didn't know that at the time. And my wife will say, you were just thinking of one thing. And That wasn't the case. I was looking for connection in a different way. But anyway, I was like, you know what? I haven't seen him for a long time. And it probably was the thing that made the difference me going, I'll head out. I didn't know her, but I didn't know, I hadn't seen him for a while. Or anything, it was mm. The easy decision would definitely have been to stay in. And I would have missed that opportunity to meet now my wife and my kids and come on the back of it. But I went in. Saw Dave, which was great. Dave Cutler, his name is, and um, met Lucy, the girl he mentioned, and we got chatting. It turned out we had a lot in common, and here we are. And I hadn't made that decision, yeah, you know, whether you believe in it or not, or whatever. The decisions we make lead to certain oh, things. Yeah. But I met Lucy on that day, and the easier I was, I, I in my head I was designed to saying completely and saying no, and then I ended up going, you know what? Otherwise, I'm going to sit here in my room. I may as well just go, and, and and I need to see him. I haven't seen him for ages, and it's a good thing to do, and. Yeah.
0: one of the one of the sayings that I've got up on my wall in the gym which I got from a a pendant that I had around my neck when I was traveling um I haven't got a tattoo but for many years I wanted a tattoo and I was always looking for a phrase and I've got a few phrases that i would probably put on that tattoo now but the phrase effectively that I got from a place in Malaysia in 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 Guala Lumpur I think effectively translates to this never try never know that's it and I often think about that and you know or you've got to be in it to win it. Or as Wayne Gretzky says, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And so <laughs> you, you, you know, and I thought this with the holiday as well that I'm booking this week, because I thought, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to like this kind of setup. It's like all inclusive and this and that. But I was like, at the end of the day, you're going to make mistakes in life. You're going to make decisions that you wish you made, but you have to make them and you have to be okay with making those soon. Because otherwise, if you make no decisions, if you have no experiences, Nothing will change and nothing will happen, and so you know that sometimes only one has to work, right? You might have met a thousand women before you met your wife. It doesn't matter that only the one has to work for you to find the right one for you, right? I'll uh, go back
1: to Matt Damon's about a zoo. Love that movie. We. Oh my work.
0: god! I was thinking about this thing. very Wait, you know why? Because it's oh. twenty seconds.
1: Yeah, I was about. I was
0: literally about to say this. Must when- I- be our connection
1: over the <laughs> airwaves, That's Harry. Twenty seconds of bravery. I'll
0: beat you I need to, to it. tell you
1: this story. Then I need to. Go tell on. This- like this because well, well, before you do because i don't know if people know that but if you don't know this the movie which actually is based on I'll, zoom i'll, I'll explain <laughs> it as
0: part of the story i'll explain it as okay, part of the story. Go for, it, go for it. because go because the thing is um when you were telling that story about meeting lucy i was i was thinking back to uh when i uh, met an ex-girlfriend of mine and how you can you can trace back all the little all the little steps now i was at an event probably 12 years ago uh where i had first saw her and i and I kind of was really attracted to her, but I'd never met her, but I just saw her and I felt there was this energy or this aura. Yeah. About a week before that I saw not the whole movie, right? So there's a movie but with Matt Damon called we bought a zoo. Yeah. Now, In, the, in, that, was movie, it? The, in that movie that, so I'm explaining it to the listeners in that movie, Matt Damon is a widower. And uh, like I said, I didn't actually watch the movie uh, prior to this, but I watched about five minutes of it, 10 minutes of it. And, He's a widower. He's got a couple of kids. They buy a Zoom for one reason or another. Uh, but they, but he's taking his kids to this cafe uh, or this diner, and he's explaining to him uh, to his son, I think, or to both of them, like how he met the mother, and that she was sat at the at the table, and he was sat at another table, and he was I'm in an iron about whether he needs to go up to it. I think he was recounting that his brother had told him this or something like that. But either way, he his brother or someone had said. You don't need to be brave. You just need twenty seconds of of bravery. You don't have that. to
1: have all the answers. You don't need to know. You don't to have, have to have all answer. the answers. You just need Braves, 20, twenty
0: seconds 20 of bravery. Seconds. And and it's that twenty second walk to to the um to the table, and and it ended up he married his he, that woman and everything. But how it fits in with what I was going to talk about, which is why it was funny when you were talking about Lucy, is that <laughs> at this event, um, so it was one of these personal development events, and we just done like this, uh Arrow breaking thing. So you put an arrow against your throat, effectively, and you have to like walk into it and snap the arrow. And I was in a group, and the, you know everyone's cheering, everyone's done the arrow, and there's probably five, six, seven, eight, a thousand, eight hundred, a thousand people at this event. So there's lots of groups of about ten people all doing these arrow breaks. Now this girl wasn't in my group, but. As I did the arrow break, everyone was celebrating. And ironically enough, I went to that event because I quite like this other girl who was in my group, but she ended up getting engaged at that arrow break that Okay, oh, that went well. But <laughs> I saw this other girl in the corner of my eye. And as I saw her, I was like, my head was going, Do I talk to her? Do I not? You know, blah, blah, blah. And I remembered that zooth. 20 move, seconds of bravery. And I thought, 20 seconds of bravery. And i thought about that many times. And I did the 20 seconds of bravery. I walked up to it. We ended up getting on going out for like four years living together and, and so on and and it was like 27 and as you were saying that story i was thinking about a zoo but i was thinking that's so obscure as a thing you yes know, we bought a
1: zoo that's what it's called we bought a zoo we bought a a Zoo, zoo yeah. is around the corner from where i live we've been to oh, really it.
0: as yeah. you say that's like that, that, that was what was going through my head and again talking about that connection where even though we're separated through hundreds of miles i think we were connected in that store i think we probably were mate yeah there
1: you go if someone could take it away if you're not sure about something you want to do and you're listening to this like you don't have to be brave for the whole speech. You don't have to be brave yeah. for the whole ordeal, the whole for- meeting. You just need to be brave for the first twenty seconds. and The rest will come yeah. na- naturally.
0: And, and actually, in the crazy. end, I did watch that movie probably about two or three years ago. I ended up watching the whole thing. I think eventually. That's <laughs> yeah,
1: interesting. Could- I'm conscious of time, but there's something that popped into my head when you were talking. I won't get the numbers right because it's a study I heard about four or five years ago, probably. And you might know it better. You might even better quote what the study was. Um, but really interesting. They put a lot of people. So let's say fifty people into a room. I think it was about fifty people into a room, and. 49 of them were actors, and one individual was not. And they gave a very, a relatively easy mathematical equation for the group to do. Something mm. like, I don't know, 10 times 12 or whatever. And 49 of them submitted that, and the answer was submitted publicly, would give an incorrect answer, mm. which made the one person go, yeah. sure, that's wrong. But he ended up changing what he knew was correct, or he knew who was correct, to go with the majority because there yep. was four or nine other people saying, No, you're wrong. It's this, right? Yeah. But then we ran the study and had just 48 people give the wrong answer and just one give the correct. And fi- not completely, but 50% of people that had this second person of support and it's that support piece that actually right. gave the right answer meant that they stuck with their original answer they knew was right. They just needed that one other person to connect with yep. them, and tell them, give them that security. And actually, yeah. when we're talking about loneliness, and we link that into loneliness, and loneliness, there's loneliness studies out there, and loads of things out there. For humans, we typically only need one or two people to feel mm-hmm. really connected to, to take us yeah. out of what is that a loneliness pandemic. Is, or what yeah. So I don't know who that person is for anyone listening to this. If you, know, if you can identify who those one or two people are in your life, now, actually, at the end of this episode is the perfect time to pick up the phone, yeah. an email, ideally go and see them, and just re- see if you can reinvigorate that connection with that person. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a really interesting study. I don't know if you know about it. That
0: I, I, did, one, but... I do know uh, that study and uh, several others. And it, and it just goes how we're swayed by the masses, which actually is an interesting and side topic to itself. I, I'm probably the one person that would defy those because that tends to be what I, I tend to do. But when you were talking about that, I think you quoted this video before in an, an earlier episode, but it's one that I used to show in one of my workshops. I call, I call it the first follower. Is the guy the crazy guy in the field dancing and no one's dancing? Have you seen this video? So there's crazy happened. guy and it, it, it's, at fact, what happened, yeah. it's at some sort of festival and he's dancing and not nothing's going on. And then eventually a, a big crowd ends up coming. But the video that I show it is because it's not the, the leader that was important, because it was the second person that came and danced with him. And then everyone else and then to gave permission. To everybody else to go and dance, and I think I call the video the first follower, but I'm not sure if that's what it's called or not. But it's one we show in in some of the workshops, and it's about that first follower is important, not the leader, because you need that first follower to actually allow other people to then jump in and uh, and everything. So interesting.
1: Yeah, and there's um, when I was at well, obviously time now, but when I went to university, uh, did my masters, I studied a guy called Guillermo Gomez Pena, who's a Chicano um, performance artist. He, what was interesting is he did a show in leicester square and i highlight this because we always think that we wouldn't be so silly or foolish to fall for something like this and he did a show and i studied this for my masters and him and i've actually got to perform with him which was amazing uh at tate gallery which is one of my, the highlights of my uh, my university days but he did a show years ago with a woman called coco fusco and what he did is he put himself in a cage in the middle of leicester square and he they were they were both naked but with their privates kind of covered up and they were acting as if they'd well they'd it's kind of a roll-up, roll-up, come and see these people. We've just discovered this new island, this little little island off, off South America, which we didn't know was ever inhabited. Turns out there were people on this island who have never been influenced by Western culture ever. Never, no one's ever kind of inhabited this island before. So therefore, they are completely unique and they, they're still doing all these weird and wonderful things because they haven't had any kind of Westernised uh, influence. So you could come up and see them in a cage, act in all their funny ways, and you could pay money to have photographs with them. Obviously, what they were subverting is how they felt as Chicanos and how they were ostracised and and, and marginalised, really, by by others. But you can see the footage online, and and there's still black and white photos of this, but there were queues of people queuing to watch these two humans in a cage, and very few people questioning the fact that we had locked up two human beings and were showcasing them for everyone else to see. Because they weren't westernised, therefore they were looked upon as if they were a subhuman. And as human, well, I would never fall for that. Well, have a look on, have a look at the, the press because there were loads of people right. around London queuing up to have a have a glance at these weird people in cages, and no one thinking to open it. Um,
0: people and- always think that they are that they would respond in a certain way until the thing happens, and then they realise actually they like human nature is pretty predictable in a lot of cases uh, for the for the majority and yeah so but
1: it, it only does, takes if you watch the video it only takes a couple of people to suddenly go hey this is wrong and suddenly everyone's okay now well is, yeah it's the opposite of your yeah, dancing yeah. man maybe but yeah. rather than joining the joy they now suddenly join it well i was going to do that but they did it first but you needed someone else to be the protagonist someone else to sort of start
0: yeah. that movement but. yeah definitely interesting Cool. Anyway, we've we've, we've rambled on long enough probably today. Wow, long, long, long session. (laughs) I'm just looking at the shades back
1: on. I love it I love how you But these aren't my
0: shades. These are actually glasses I can see. You've been a blur most of the time. So,
1: yeah, mate, I've got mine
0: behind me. These these are not my blue light. I bought these These because of you.
1: You encouraged me to buy these. There you go. Next time I see you, buddy, you'd have been a back from Greece I'd have finished hopefully complete I'll be in Greece package. actually
0: so I need to remember to take my microphone with me I'll, I'll be in Greece oh so
1: we're still recording all right well I'll see you next Monday I'll be able to tell you how the race went
0: awesome well good luck with that Um, I'm sure you'll you'll do fine even if it might not be your best ever time it'll be fine we'll get through it have a good day So, right.
1: action with my family. all right buddy well, listen I hope this has enjoyed it and uh, yeah yes. keep sending us the feedback keep sending us your comments and uh, let us know what you want to talk about and um, otherwise we'll uh, just catch up on Monday
0: exactly and have a good week uh listeners thanks for tuning in to the mindful past podcast with midday and harry kalimnios
1: We hope you found our discussions insightful and hopefully you've gained some valuable takeaways to support you on
0: your own journey. Please leave us a review on your preferred podcast platform and share an episode that resonates with you with a friend or family member who may also find it valuable.
1: Please also don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to ensure you never miss a future episode. And in the meantime, we'll continue exploring mindful path topics to provide you with more insights and more ideas to support you on your personal growth journey.
0: Thank you for your support and look out for the next episode of the Mindful Paths podcast dropping soon.